Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Robert Glasscock, Thomas Miller here. Thank you for stopping back by for some more great astrology lessons, this time in the form of a listener question. Dear Bob and Thomas, thank you so much for recording this amazing podcast, which has changed my life. I have a quick question about derivative houses. I'm wondering what does it mean if someone has their sun, their moon, or major personal planets in one of the derivative houses that are really about other people, like house three or house seven. Thank you so much. Well, Robert, that is such a great, wow. You know, it makes you think for just a second in all candor that what we're doing is affecting people's lives in a positive way. I hope so. And I certainly appreciate her comment. Yeah. It's wonderful to hear that astrology and learning about it is changing somebody's life because I think that's it's it certainly has changed mine since it found me when I was 20 truly I was just uh, reading for a client yesterday and we got to talking about exactly this and over time it accrues you know you learn a little and it leads you on further and you learn a little more and it leads you a little deeper and suddenly it's 20 years later and you're facile and fluent in astrology and it has affected and changed your life that's the wonderful thing about it. i love this question about derivative houses um, because what she's talking about is looking at your own horoscope except looking at it through the lens of other significant people in your life so that your seventh house and the archetypes that rule it, the sign on the cusp, any planets in that house, any aspects that those planets make, those pertain to your experience of your partner, whether it's a business partner or a spouse, whether it is multiple partners through a lifetime or one. So it's described, and it's fascinating to me then that your own natal chart, and I get this all the time, Thomas, my husband is sick. Can you see anything? Well, yes, you can. And you look at it through derivative houses. You start with the husband at the seventh. His sixth is the house of health. From his seventh, that same house rules work, as you know. So same with, uh, she mentioned the third house of relatives, siblings, aunts and uncles, relatives. And you can absolutely describe relatives as a collective in her life. And if there are planets in that house, they will suggest, I just, again, was reading um, for a woman yesterday, and she happened to have Pluto and some other things in her third house. And I forget what it was opposite. I want to say it was opposite Venus in her ninth. And I asked her, and they were in Virgo Pisces, and I asked her about, uh, a sister and some estrangement or problems there. And we wound up going into a pretty deep discussion about her sister's mental and financial issues just from that one indication. So, and the woman herself that I was reading for did not have uh, those kinds of mental or financial issues, but her sister did. So it's astonishing to me because the implication here, Thomas, is that somehow these basic archetypes, the sun, the moon, on, on through to Pluto, are common to all experience on Earth in this physical 
life that we live in this solar system. And we all share the same archetypes, but they're distributed differently according to who you're talking about, whether you're talking about yourself at the first house, or you're talking about your mate at the seventh, or you're talking about your employer at the tenth. But underneath that message, the fact that you can read these different individuals in your own horoscope using derivative houses says somehow we're all connected then, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So that your attitudes and belief systems about marriage and love, which start with the seventh house and go on to your sun and your moon and Venus and Mars, your belief systems about marriage will attract you only to people who fit those unconscious descriptions. Well, astrology can make them conscious, and suddenly now you have free will. You can say, oh my gosh, you're right. My first marriage was horribly abusive. Did you learn anything from that? Because often they don't. People will get involved in one abusive relationship after another one, after another one, until they learn this is my belief system. And that can be changed through astrology. And that changes your life. So thank you for that question. Yeah, that's where you that's where you get the life change. All right. This is, gets a little bit in the woods or in the weeds, as they say. Let's get a mental picture going here. So back to your example, as you just said, you're sitting with a client who is a female. You're looking at her chart, but she asks you, can you see anything about my husband, dot, 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 his health? So now what you've done in your mind automatically, as soon as those words are, as they're coming off of her tongue, your eyes are going to the seventh house in her chart, correct? Correct. Now, she's asking a health question. Now, here's where the derivative house concept comes into play because you're going to look at the health house is obviously six, but you're not going to look at six in her chart. You're going to look at six from the seventh. So the seventh, you're going to go seven is one, eight, two, nine, three, ten, four, 11, 5, 12, 6 is the sixth house of her husband's health. True. And that's where you start to interpret from there. So when you go to the 12th house, then what do you do to determine the answer to her question? Then you read that as if you would read her own health. You look at his, the husband's sixth house, and you see whatever sign is on the cusp. And, and and so forth. So you read it just like you would a natal chart. Here's what I did yesterday, for example. It was a very vague, not, it was a general question. Can can you tell me anything about what's going on with my husband? And I, all I had to do, I had her natal chart with the transits around it. I just mentally thought, okay, her husband's the seventh house. And, oh, oh, we have Pluto uh, going over, I forget now what, in his chart, transiting Pluto. And I said, is he... Is he thinking of retiring next year, for example, because of where Pluto and Jupiter were? Oh, my gosh, yes. And then I started asking her more questions about are they thinking of perhaps moving and relocating next year? And so on, yes. And then, again, through some transit to his sixth house or its ruler, I said, I want to know what's going on with his health, particularly cardiovascular. You see? So this is all from derivative houses, and they're incredibly useful in this way. It's astonishing to me that you can read somebody else's, even the health of a pet. 
you can read. We've had these in these workshops. I don't know if you've been in them, but people will bring a question. Oh, something's going on with Fluffy. Can you see anything? And by George, you can, if you know where to look. Well, and the sixth house rules animals, correct? Small, Small animals, animals, exactly. Yeah. Large yeah. animals in the 12th house. So a horse is going to be ruled by the 12th, but dogs and cats and otters. <laughs> I don't think the horse's name is Fluffy somehow. <laughs> Generally not. That's not a horsey name. <laughs> okay, now let's get back to this question because she was also asking about the sun or the moon being in one of those key third or seventh house positions. What about that? That's my favorite part. If you look at your sun, the life force, and you look at the moon, which is the nurturing force in men and women, then you have two points in your horoscope that will tell you where you directly affect your partner's life. Probably for good and ill, depending on the aspects to your sun and moon. But if you look at the seventh house as the partner and your son happens to be in the partner's fifth house, which would be your natal 11th house, one of the ways, two ways, primarily, you are going to bring life, your, your son archetype, you're going to bring life to your partner through creativity of some kind, likely through children, physical children. That's the most direct kind of creativity that we have that extends us into the future. We leave behind a physical legacy of our union with this other human being. The second way is through figurative children, through enterprising uh, businesses, through self-employments, through encouraging the partner's talents, encouraging the, the creativity in the partner, all of the fifth house symbolism in relationship to that seventh house partner and the same with the moon where can you nurture your partner best well if you have your moon in the fourth house at birth that is your partner's 10th house and you can nurture your partner's self-realization through their career very direct advice when you do a reading, I, I've kind of noticed that you go to this pretty quickly. And I actually, in one of the last practicums, we had kind of a prominent person in astrology. I'm not going to mention who it was, but a fairly prominent person in astrology. And I noticed that she went there almost immediately to where she started counting these various or moving from these derivative houses. Let me ask you this. Some of the big house structures that we know are pretty easy. If you want to know about money, go to the second house. If you want to know about health, you'd start from the sixth house. But what about people often want to know about the influence, as you're talking about here, mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So where do you go to find mom? What derivative, what house begins that for mom and the same for dad? Great question again, and you'll start an argument among astrologers when I first began. That's why I'm running out the back door. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's obviously it is the tenth and fourth axis. Those two rule the parents, and now the trick becomes which house rules which parent. And some of the old books say the tenth house rules the parent of the opposite sex. Okay, and when I first started out, I could certainly see that. 
And other people say, no, the 10th house rules the father and the 4th house rules the mother because the father is out at work in the workaday world, traditionally earning the money, and the wife is the stay-at-home mom in the 4th house. And, okay, fine. So you have that, that argument. And then other books would say they're interchangeable. It's both parents uh, are influenced. Okay, well, that was vague enough. And it wasn't until I got to Mark Edmund Jones' book on orary, because orary has very specific rules, and you can test them. That's the thing I love about orary. And he basically explained the difference between the 10th house and the 4th house in terms of functions. The parent at the 10th house is the parent of direct recourse. In other words, that's the parent that runs the house and the home and the family on a day-to-day basis, the parent of final recourse is shown at the fourth house. And that's the parent you hear in the phrase, I'll tell your father when he gets home. That's the parent of final recourse. So it, it, today we have same-sex couples, and you have to figure out which which cup, which partner is the 10th house parent and the fourth. But it's all based on functions. So that the mother's influence comes through the 10th house. The father's influence comes by the fourth. And once I understood that, I began to realize in my own chart and everybody else's that I read for it, that's true. The 10th house, to me, absolutely rules the mother and the fourth house absolutely rules the father so you can begin from those simply by understanding the the parent of final recourse that's the key which one is the deciding factor in the family and makes makes the overall rules that's and sometimes it can seem to be the woman but generally it's it's the man in traditional cookbook marriages, let's say. And the reason I uh, have used this consistently is through health, Thomas, because you can't argue with health. Either a parent has a particular, I just, I think it was yesterday I was reading, I asked this woman about diabetes. No, no, I don't have any, and it doesn't run in our family. And as I kept probing, she said, oh, wait a minute, my maternal grandmother, she had, I said, there's the gene, there's the gene. So, of course, these things can skip a generation, but that's the way that you separate which house rules the mother and which house rules the father. And just try it and and, and mentally place that house on the on the, the first cusp position and then read the mother's health. That would be in your third house, the sixth house from the seventh, you see. And read the father's health, read the father's occupation and work. I mean, it's astonishing. My father, I, my fourth house is ruled by Aries. And his work, his sixth house, my dad's sixth house, is my ninth house. And there you find Mars, which rules Aries, my father. It's in his house of work. Oh, there we are. So Mars is on the right side of the midheaven, you'll notice. So it's on the ninth house side, along with the sun, Neptune, Mercury, Chiron, and Jupiter in Virgo. My dad was a physician. He was an ophthalmologist. Health. And it takes a degree, Jupiter, to do it. And he was prominent the sun in that house of his work. So he was prominent through his work as a healer. Neptune is about healing and hospitals as well. He was chief of staff and so on. So that describes my dad's job. And that's how you can ultimately keep making these explorations in your charts as far as moms and dads and just see in terms of descriptions, which is more accurate. 
Now, let me ask you one other topic here, and then we'll wrap this up. Retrograde planets, because as we're recording this, all of the outer planets are in retrograde. So I'm looking at your chart here, for example, Saturn in Aquarius is in transiting over your second house, which is ruled by the same sign, obviously, an equal mm-hmm. house system, Aquarius, but you don't have any planets in the second house. So what would you do with that? Work harder to earn a living, to make money. Work harder and work focused. And focus on what, Bob? Focus on Aquarian stuff. You're born focused on Aquarian stuff, Bob. That's your house at birth. And here comes Saturn, your chart ruler. It rules your whole life. And here it is in Aquarius, its home sign. What have you done all of your life to earn a living? Astrology, Aquarius, Uranus. I am more successful and happier and wealthier and healthier through astrology today than I have ever been, Thomas, ever. At my age, Saturn is age. It's astonishing to me at this age that I can really honestly say I've never been this continuously happy or this continuously steadily successful at a field that's notoriously unpredictable. Most people don't make a living, can't make a living at it. It's hard. Because you need a big, a big audience, a big, you need readings to make it work. I was very lucky to discover this, or astrology discovered me in Los Angeles, 13 million people. So I never lacked for clients, but I could not have done it in a smaller town in yeah, those days. Not we in Pine Bluff, Internet. Arkansas, right? Not exactly. in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. All right. <laughs> so let's continue this one more step. So we're talking about money, right? We're talking about the money structure. So the second house now becomes the derivative first house. Saturn is there. You're going to work harder. You mentioned astrology. Uranus is in your natal fifth house. Transiting Uranus is in your natal fifth house, which is the fourth derivative house from the second of money. Mm-hmm. Uranus and Taurus in the... And so, so what are you asking here? How, what, how would you handle that as being a fourth house interpretation of Uranus in Taurus? So, all right. So, again, so you're using derivative houses just to focus specifically on how this guy's handling money at this stage of his life, right? With yes, these two exa- major exactly. Planets. Yes. All right. So, looking through the lens of the second house, and bear in mind, the second house only rules money because it rules your self-worth. It's what you value in yourself. True for me. I have always valued the Aquarian things in me. I like being different from everybody else. I love it. And I always have been. I like having weird interests that that uh, absorb me, that obsess me, like astrology. I like intellectual things. I am intellectual. I am a communicator. And I've been in the media and so on. All of these Aquarian things, these are things I value. In myself, and so I, that's how I handle money as well. This is a chart predisposed to to work for itself, to be independent that way. That money rules freedom, and to be self-employed, and to work in some kind of unusual field, like I do. I've worked really in two fields: astrology and television. So, if you want to know more about money, and you're looking at transiting Uranus now in the fourth house. 
it Uranus co-rules my natal second house of money, Aquarius. It's now in my fourth house. Well, obviously, that's going to be working at home, fourth house, which I've pretty much always done. In television, I would work at, at the studios and so on. But I work from home as an astrologer. And in Taurus, the money sign, I have never, I've been, never been quite, this, this is all from readings. I'm not publishing for American Astrology Magazine anymore. So this is all from readings, and I love it. And it's frankly all due to these podcasts and other electronic media starting unexpectedly in my life, thanks to you, <laughs> uh, as as is typical with Uranus. And it's in Taurus again. So that's one reading that I would – so in that way, you can look at just your money. You can focus on your money or your self-worth, same thing. And where would you factor the retrograde aspect into it? Well, you're you're revising it, you're refining it, you're revisiting it. That's that's one way, and you're going deeper with it. You know, retrogrades tend to make a planet's energies go internally. So if it's a, well, they're all retrograde right now, and so this is one of the reasons the whole world situation seems so tenuous, is because everybody from dictators to the guy next door working at McDonald's is rethinking their lives because nobody knows where things are headed globally. So everything feels impermanent and and some people are panicked over all of this because it just feels so uncertain. But that's part of it. You're going inward, you're going deeper. I'm writing this book, as you know, and it's a joy to me to go this deeply into astrology and reincarnation. For example, I've just never had the need to do it or the desire to do it, but I do now. And I think I could probably only have done it at this stage in my life. And, you know, with Uranus in the fourth house, fourth derivative house from that second, I think of this audience that we are building as a family. And in fact, some of the comments, if you guys listen on iTunes, it really helps the podcast if you leave a favorable comment. If you don't like what we're doing, then get on the speak pipe thing on funastrology.com like our listener did here and leave us a message. And we'd love to talk to you about it. Put your email in there so we can get in touch with you and we'll talk it out. But if you like what we're doing, it really helps if you leave a comment on iTunes. And, you know, as that continues to build, that becomes a family. I started to say, Thomas, in connection with what we were talking about, the second house focus and transiting Uranus being in the fourth from that. The fourth house is the birth of a child. And Uranus, again, is one of those planets that can indicate a birth. Well, I'm not giving birth to a baby, but I am giving birth to a figurative baby, and that's this book. You see, so even to that sort of detail, you can say with that transit of Uranus in the fifth, in a square aspect to transiting Saturn, let's say in my second, have you just started taking on a, a project or given birth to a new business venture that's going to take some time and that's very demanding and can be a lot of hard work? The answer is yes. Amazing. So even that specifically. Wow. Incredible. All right. We hope that helps. Great question. Thank you. If you would like to do what she did and leave us a question, go to the funastrology.com website. It's up at the top left is an orange button, and you can click that and leave us a question. All of the information on how to contact Robert is in the show notes. 
Don't forget about our YouTube channel on funastrology.com. And be sure to stop by our Discord group, Kristen Lawhead, leading the conversation in there as well. Thank you so much for listening. Hope this one helps your astrological interpretations a lot. We'll see you next time on Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with the GOAT. That's Glasscock, Robert. See you next time.